0: good morning welcome to North Church we're so glad you're here with us today in just a minute the band is going to come out and sing a few songs followed by an important message from one of our North Church Bible teachers that will inspire us to go deeper in our walk with the Lord all in all you can expect our service to last for about an hour if you have questions or would like to learn more about the church visit us online at northchurch.net you can scroll to the bottom of the page and click on eBulletin. There, you'll learn about upcoming events and other things going on at the church. If you still have questions after service, please visit us in the lobby at our information center. There, a volunteer would love to answer any questions and help you find your next steps. And also, don't forget to visit us at the coffee bar. We've got hot drinks, espresso, cold drinks, a variety of tasty pastries, and it's all funded by your generosity. If you're new or this is your first time coming, welcome! We'd like to invite you to a five minute meeting called First Connect with one of our pastors. You can talk about the heart of the church and how you can get better connected. Young adults, 18 to 25, we wanna get you connected in healthy and growing relationships. One thing you can do to do that is February 26th, you can go downtown, go on a crazy hunt for that elusive man in the red striped cap in a big game of Where's Waldo? You can contact Pastor Nate or Pastor Kenny for more information. Students and parents, you don't wanna miss out on this awesome opportunity coming up on March 15th. The Greater Than Conference will feature guest speakers Walt Mueller and Chris Laurie. They'll be talking about the importance of living a pure lifestyle and how Jesus is greater than sexual temptation. Students, middle school, high school, invite your friends, bring your parents, Parents, don't forget to register online. Those are all the announcements I have for you today. If at the end of service you're in need of prayer, please step forward and a member of our church or a member of our prayer team would love to pray with you. Also right now on your mobile device, you can check into North Church on Facebook. Every three check-ins provides an item for a welcome basket for refugee families coming into Spokane. All right, now it's time to sing. Would you please stand?
1: Good morning, church. The Bible tells us that today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, even if it's snowing, right? We're going to sing.
2: North Church, you're sounding pretty good this morning. Well done. You got out of bed, you got through the snow and the slush and whatever all else that is out there. Congratulations on that. Well done. Hey, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I want to say welcome and good morning, especially if you're new or maybe newer to us, kind of finding your way in and figuring out where you fit here. I would love to invite you, if that's you, to join me right after the service for about five minutes right underneath the monitor by the, on that far wall uh, for something we call First Connect. It's just about a five minute conversation to say, hey, get acquainted, introduce ourselves, and stuff like that, so I'll see you there. Um, I was thinking, I had a conversation with a young lady in the first service. And I was complaining about the snow, if you can imagine that. And, and she said, yeah, well, I know it's not great, but, this week, I got a killer deal on a really cute pair of snow boots that I didn't think I was going to get to wear till next year. And I get to wear them today. Right. So proof positive that there's a silver, silver lining to everything if you can just find it. And so I want you to turn this morning, say hello to the neighbors standing nearby, and find something positive about today to tell them. Go do that. Say hello.
3: Hey, welcome, glad you are here this morning again. if you showed up early enough to catch our video announcements, you would have heard an announcement about the Greater Than Conference, which is on March 14th and 15th. Wanted to give you a little bit more details about that. Um, so I'm the student ministries pastor here at the church. And really what this is all about is it really started a few years ago and it was birthed out of this idea that came out of 1 John 4.4. 4 which says, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And so uh, as a youth pastor, I've been uh, youth pastoring going on eight years. And one thing that I always come in contact with, with youth and with parents, is this issue regarding sexuality, pornography, uh, sexual integrity. And so uh, this idea came out of, there's something we gotta do to uh, engage students in this topic in in a real healthy way, and also engage parents in it and be able to equip them with what's going on. And so we started doing these uh, events called P4. Some of you may have been to one of those before. And so through it, uh, we started partnering with some other ministries. Um, And so this year, we've partnered with uh, Project 619. And we've partnered with Life Services in Whitworth Office of Church and Engagement. Uh, and various number of other churches, and really just kind of honed in our vision on who we are uh, uh, when we've been doing this event called P4, and we just kind of switched that to just greater than. So it comes out of that Bible verse uh, that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So there's kind of uh, three pieces to this. The first piece is on March 14th, um, and that's for church leaders. So if you're a volunteer leader uh, in the church, uh, March 14th is for you. We have uh, a guest, Walt Mueller, who is an author and a speaker, uh, coming in uh, to speak to church leaders on engaging the church in the current uh, culture of sexual uh, sexual integrities, pornography. Sex- you know, how do we uh, 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 engage in that as a church? And so that's going to be great for church leaders. It's from 12 to 2 on March 14th. Walt Mueller will also be here on March 15th. Um, and uh, on March 15th is our, is our event uh, at 6.30, where uh, we have uh, uh, parents and students separated. So Walt, he's gonna be doing a class for parents to equip uh, you on engaging with your students in, or with your kids in this topic, equipping you on what you can do. He's a really, really engaging speaker, really great author. He's written many books uh, uh, around this. He is, uh, runs a nonprofit organization um and so he's going to be there so if you're a leader or a parent and you want to be a part of this really want to encourage you you do have to sign up for it so go to greater than conference uh, dot info and you can register for that because we do have limited space for the leader and the parent portion and then for students we separate students and students are going to be in this room we've partnered with many other uh churches and organizations uh, around the city and so we're going to have tons of fun. So with students, we, we have fun, we laugh, we play games, we give prizes away, and we sing uh, uh, songs, we have great music. And we have uh, 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 Chris Lowry coming from Anthem Church in Hayden, Idaho. He is the lead pastor out there. He was in the action sports uh, arena for 15 years. He led an organization called Borders for Christ, and then he has now been lead pastoring for the last oh 10 years or so in anthem so he's going to be coming and presenting to the students it's just going to be a really great night so if you're in middle school or high school really want to encourage you to show up to this engage in this in this topic around sexuality um and then if you're a parent really want to encourage you as well like uh to come and be equipped through uh with walt and what he's going to be doing and church leaders on march 14th you uh we want you to be a part of this as well so that's really what it is. If you have any questions, you can go to www.greaterthaninfo uh, uh, or greaterthanconference.info or you can uh, email me or you can come talk to me about anything uh, ab- regarding this. So it's going to be a really great night. I encourage you to invite people to it uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time. So with that, come by me if you have questions. Otherwise, we're going to continue on. So if you go ahead and stand, we're going to sing together. Let me pray for us. God, we just thank you for today. Lord, thank you for uh, who you are and what you do. We pray, God, that you would meet us where we're at right now, God, and that we would uh, today be inspired to say yes to you in our life. And We love you and thank you and pray this in your name. Let's sing together.
1: my mind to Calvary, where Jesus fled and died for me, I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior, Lord, that cursed. out. moment.
2: go ahead and grab a seat and that uh that declaration of the God who came in the person of Jesus Christ who suffered and who died but who by God's resurrection power was raised from the dead into eternal life that's not just the story of something happened way back then and a long time ago that's a model for the way that God interacts with our life even now. We come into this place and our lives are full of different circumstances, different issues and uh, things that we're facing. And some of us sometimes feel like I'm just, I'm on the edge. I'm, I'm not going to make it. And Can I just say that where Christ meets us is in that place of brokenness and need and desperation. And that's where he brings that resurrection power and the renewed life to what's taking place. And so I want to invite you into these next few moments where we're going to uh, quiet down and be still right where we're sitting going to provide some time for you simply to speak to the Lord to share your heart with him to maybe cry out and ask him for his help and, and to allow him to have that moment to speak to you to be near to you and to begin that process of raising hopelessness into hope and raising brokenness into wholeness and in starting something new and fresh so let's take these next moments and really focus on the time we have to spend with the Lord God, we offer all these things up to you. We entrust them to your care and ask, God, that you continue to be at work in these deep places of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a minute, uh, Nate's going to come up and bring the message this morning, but before he does, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings like we do at this point in the service pretty much uh, every week. Uh, There are are lots of mechanisms for giving. Some of you have kind of sat down at the table this morning and wrote out a check and, uh, and kind of got ready to bring that gift to God. Others of you are uh, just waiting for the baskets to come by here in just a moment. Uh, some of you have arranged kind of through your bank's bill pay to do stuff. Some of you use the, uh, the text to give feature that's available and a lot of folks who are viewing online take the opportunity to do that as well. The point isn't necessarily the mechanism for giving. The point is the heart that stands behind that giving. It says, God, everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to you, and I want to invest it in places that are making a difference. I want to be a part of what God's doing here and bringing people to faith. I want to be a part of the way that this church reaches out into the community uh, and makes a difference and an impact there. I want to be a part of what God's doing, and that's what brings the joy and the strength and the generosity to bear. So, uh, ushers, why don't you come on forward? has never been as big as right now, as, as we've seen him right now. He is on the of Terry Norris, Derek Kelly in 87, Joseph Walker at disqualification.
3: hey good morning glad you're all here Uh, what's your goal in life big question right out of the gates right what's your goal in life yeah that's one of those questions that uh, you got to ponder at a little bit huh Uh, I spent some time this last couple weeks like pondering this like what is my goal in life when I was a kid Um, I always wanted to be a veterinarian. I also wanted to be an astronaut. And when I hit junior high, I realized that that probably wasn't gonna be an attainable goal. So then I decided I wanted to play jazz music on a cruise ship for a living. (laughs) A worthy life pursuit. Hanging out in the Caribbean. My son Grant right now, I asked him this, this morning I said, Grant what do you, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what, what are a uh, uh, goal you have? And he said, I want to drive a real car. <laughs> I said, okay, that works. That's fine. Uh, when I was in high school, um, I had this thing in my room where I actually saw it on Oprah. So, I mean, <laughs> stay with me, okay? And I saw it and I was like, hey, that's kind of a cool idea. And so it was called a vision board. And so in my room, uh, I had this vision board that you pin on it, things uh, like big life goals that you you wanna try and achieve. And so I, I pinned some things on there and uh, some of the things I hit, like I had a, a truck on there. I was like, I, a good life goal is to have a truck. And so I did uh, uh, have a get a truck. I put my girlfriend on there, Chantel, and I said, I wanna marry this girl. I did marry her. Um, but, you know, the, a lot of the other things that I put on that board, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I did not and have not accomplished them. I, I, There's multiple, I don't even remember what I put up. It was probably, you know, it's like a high schooler, you know, you're a junior in high school. I mean, you put putting up weird things on that board. And so I don't even remember some of them. But then over time, there was a few that, like, I really had my eyes set on. And uh, just where, you know, life throws the curveballs at you and you don't accomplish the things that you wanted to accomplish. And you kind of start getting beaten down and life knocks you down and you get back up and life knocks you down. And you just feel like, I don't know if that's like a real goal. Maybe like the the sun's kind of set on that one. It's kind of done. And so anyways, uh, long story short, that board ended up kind of getting folded up and thrown away and a lot of these things uh, may never or get accomplished, or I don't remember what some of them were, but you know, if, if you were to put up a vision board right now in, in your room, what would be like the three or four things that you would put on that? Well, you know, the, the things that are like, these are the most important things in life. These are my life, this is the goal of my life, my life goal. You know, would, would it be uh, you know, about your kids or retirement or, you know, what are the things that you would put on there? And maybe as you, you think of that and, and some things are coming to mind, maybe you're, maybe you're even a little bit like me where you go like, yeah, some of those goals, you know, that I thought, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago or a year ago. Man, life's thrown me the, the few curveballs and I have gotten knocked down and uh, not sure if that will ever really be met. And you know, no one knew what getting knocked down and what hardship and pain was like than uh, the Apostle Paul in the Bible. You know, he really understood, and Paul had this real clear picture of his goal in life. That, you know, I, I think he would be e- easily able to define and focus in on here is my life goal and here is my pursuit And man, life threw him a lot of curveballs, and he endured a lot of different things. And so at this point, as we kind of uh, conclude our series uh, in this series called Fight Today, um, I hope that you've been encouraged throughout this series. And I hope that maybe even this morning that a, a new passion would begin to develop that as Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith, that a a, a passion and maybe a a resurgence of urgency in your own life to to continue to fight that good fight of faith would start to well up and burn again. And that the focus that you have in finishing this fight strong with purpose would be present and evident. And I think that Paul, he kind of knew where where Timothy was at when uh, he wrote this and Timothy just you know, at the time where Timothy, he's 15 years into his ministry when Paul sent him to Ephesus, probably just feeling kind of tired and stuck. Kind of like, you know, when, when a car gets stuck in the snow and the in the front tires are spinning and it creates that kind of U-shape and you have to kind of rock the car in order to get it out of the like the U-shape uh, that the, the, the tires are in. We're, you know, he probably felt stuck where he's swaying back and forth and just not getting out. And, and so Paul writes to him in this time. And, you know, we've probably felt like that at different points in our life, where you just kind of feel stuck. You feel like your tires are spinning, but you're just like stuck in this rut. You you feel like maybe God asked you something, but now you just feel stuck. You can't get out of the rut that you're in. You're just swaying back and forth and going nowhere. And you know, this is probably where Timothy was at in the season of his life. And Paul at at this point is also, he's in jail. He's about to die. And so he writes to him these words. And these are most likely Paul's last words that he wrote to the Christian church were in chapter four of 2 Timothy because soon after this, he uh, was killed. And we hear this tone in this book and in this chapter of chapter four of 2 Timothy that's very personal and it's really important. These are the last words of Paul. And Paul knew that Timothy was probably tired and, and stuck and kind of in that rut in ministry. And he He knew that that's where he was at. And probably some of us in the room, we... We know what that's like, you know, to feel stuck. Moms, you know what that's like, right? When, when you're with your kids, and, and you're trying to grow them spiritually, but it just doesn't really seem to be working, and you're just like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I, what am I supposed to do? You just kind of feel stuck, or a student trying to keep their faith alive, and you're trying to do the things that your pastor maybe tells you to do, or your, your small group that you're in, or whatever it is, and you're in school, you're at high school, you're in college, and it just doesn't seem to be working. Or maybe as a grandparent trying to understand, you know, what's my role in my child's life now that they're all grown up? Or what's my role in my grandchildren's life? You know, how can I invest into them and make a difference? What am I supposed to do? You know, just kind of feel stuck and like, oh, what, what do I do now? So Paul writes to Timothy, who's probably in a similar spot in life with some different circumstances, but he kind of commutes these, uh, communicates these final thoughts to Timothy in chapter 4. And he, and he kind of has this tone of, of this telling Timothy that's just around this like keep fighting mentality where he's just kind of just telling Timothy like just keep at it. Like I, you know fight the good fight of faith. And he has this tone of keep fighting. This is what he says. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Paul tells Timothy here, you know, that you keep fighting you keep doing these things. You, you keep preaching the word and, and continue to do this. Your life's only gonna get harder. Keep yourself prepared, you know, in season and out of season. Keep training for the, for the, for the good fight because there's gonna come a day that even though when you teach and you go and do, and you're rebuking the, the, and correcting people that need to be corrected and you're, you're encouraging and you're teaching the sound things and you're doing the right thing, there's gonna come a day where people don't wanna hear what you have to say. There's gonna come a day where it's going to get harder and you have to keep fighting. There's gonna come a day where people don't look at sound doctrine anymore as the guide and the model for their life. They'll pursue and, and find people, they'll pursue and find teachers, they'll pursue and find other groups of people who validate their own passions, who validate their own desires, and they'll turn away from the sound Doctrine. You know, have you, did you ever as a kid when like your parents were saying something to your friends and you didn't want to hear it, you covered your ears and you said like, la, 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 so you couldn't hear anyone? You know, I think Paul's kind of saying something like this, hey, there's gonna come a time, Timothy, where he, even though you're teaching the right thing, people are gonna cover their ears, say la, 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 and go somewhere else because they don't want to hear what you have. They, they don't want to hear those things anymore. They want to hear things that validate their own passions, their own desires, their own ideas of money, or their own ideas of sexuality, or their own ideas of these things. And in this church in Ephesus, where Timothy was at, that's where those teachers and older people in the church who were doing some of these things, and older people who were kind of leading others astray and saying, hey, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, it's not, it's not really about what Timothy's teaching here. It's really not about what Paul's letter were. You know, it's not really not about this. It really means these things over here, and a lot of people were like, hey, this sounds easier. Like, this sounds, you know, like it, I'll be able to be more comfortable, and I'll live a better, and easier life, so I'm just gonna do these things, and Paul says, People are going to do that. But here's the thing, the Bible is pretty harsh on on older people in the uh, the church who lead younger people astray. You know, the Bible says actually that it's better to tie a millstone around your neck and to be thrown into the water than to lead a child, a younger person astray. And and that's pretty harsh. And it speaks to me because I'm a parent. And if I lead my child astray, like, uh, what does that mean for me? And the Bible also talks, you know, and tells teachers, it says teachers of the Bible will be judged more harshly than uh, than other people. And that speaks to me that there's a responsibility that we have to keep our focus in sound doctrine, and to keep our focus in what God has for us. But then the Bible also says that, hey, even though these older people might be doing these things in the church. The, uh, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, he says, um, don't let others look down on you because you are young, but be an example to them. And, and so the Bible really shows these things, of, uh, and, and we kind of understand this picture of what was taking place Um, in in Timothy's church but then you know as we look around more and more out of maybe Timothy's church in Ephesus and we look out to our own world I think we see this more and more as well. That, that people, who you know, uh, uh, more and more people don't agree with everything in the Bible. They don't agree with this section of the Bible. They don't agree with this one verse of the Bible. And they feel like this need of like, well, I'm going to go find a teacher, a pastor, a different church, or I'm going to find a group of friends that, that kind of validate my own feelings on this. Because, you know, uh, re, you know, I don't like what the Bible has to talk about money. And I, I don't really like what this verse says about human sexuality. Or I don't really, like what you know, the, the Bible says about marriage in this aspect, or whatever it is, and you just go. I'm gonna go find people who uh, kind of validate my own feelings about this. And Paul says, you just keep going for it. Maybe some of you really know how this is, because maybe parents in the room, you know, where you tried to train your kids right but then they kind of like drifted away from God. And then you're just wondering like why, you know, when we taught and we, we showed and we modeled and then now they're drifting over to something different that they don't want to hear those things anymore. They don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to they hear these things and they want to do something different. Or a college student where, you know, you went into college and you had a, a passion for God, but then as you get there and you realize that why are there all these Christians at my campus who profess that they believe in Jesus, yet they're over here partying and doing all these things. And you scratch your head and you go like, what, what happened? Why, why are these people doing these things? We see people do this. And we see people pursue their own passions and try and find groups and teachers and people who validate their own things. Because sometimes the Bible it's hard to digest because it hits at the core. And we do this too. You know, I, I, I do this, I pursue my own passions a lot of times. You know, I want to find people that validate you know, my own feelings. I don't want to go hang out with a 49ers fan. That sounds angering, you know? <laughs> Gotta hang out with people who validate how I feel. But we, we do this on a larger scale, too, where we all have our own thoughts, you know, on money and marriage and sexuality, friendship, you know, all these different things. And, and when it gets brought up here or maybe in a different group and you, you, you hear the Bible and what it has to say and you don't really like it, so you start to tune out. Maybe you leave, You use the restroom. And some people eventually they just end up leaving the church because they go, well, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, the Bible says these things, but you know what, like I just, I, you know, it's relative and it's not an absolute truth and it's not exactly for me. And so what Paul tells Timothy here is he goes, even though this is gonna take place, people are going to have itching ears for things that they wanna hear that that validate their own passions and pursuits and desires. You keep doing what you're doing. And he goes on and he says, even though that's gonna take place, he says, as for you, Timothy, you, Timothy, even though that's taking place, says, you always be sober-minded. You endure suffering. You do the work of evangelists. You just keep telling and telling the sound doctrine and fulfill your ministry. Timothy, you keep fighting. He, he has this tone of just keep fighting. Don't give up. You keep doing what you know is right. You keep your head on straight. You keep fighting. When you feel like you get knocked down, you get back up. Don't let other people sway your decision. You fulfill the ministry. You teach that sound doctrine. Because I don't know about you, but I think what Paul's kind of communicating here, he communicates it to me, and you know, at the end of my life and at the end of your life, I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say I completed the work that God had for me, and that I didn't stray with the itching ears to go over to things that that uh, validate just my own personal desires because it feels better and it might be easier and make me more comfortable. I wanna be able to say I completed the work that God had for me. I didn't give up. I didn't give in. I kept moving forward. And so when other people pursue their desires, I'm gonna continue to pursue the desires of God. When other people run after their own passions in life and they, they like what this person says over here and, and, and I'm gonna pursue and, and run and work towards the God-given passions that he cares about that we find in scripture and that he gives us. Because inside of every person in this room right now is passions that God deeply cares about that he put there. That he said, go and accomplish these things. He designed you that way. That we would fight this good fight of faith all the way to the end. That we would finish the fight. This fight to stay sober-minded in this crazy world. Stay steady throughout it. And accomplish the work that God had for us. These passions he put in. Uh, in you. So young people in the room, those passions that God's put in you that you care about, that you know align with the heart of God that we find in scripture, we need those passions within the local church and within our community. And older people, the passions that that you have that you maybe you've grown in more wisdom around, and we need those passions and those those things that God's put inside you as well. And for me, I mean, this is exactly why we do that greater than conference, because God put in me this passion of, you know, uh, if the Bible says that 1 John 4, 4, he, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, well, then there's something greater than us than what the world is speaking about this topic of sex and sexuality. And if I have something greater than what the world has inside of me, well, and if other people have something greater, well, then that seems revolutionary and that seems powerful. And that's why we do what we do here. We want to inspire students and parents to pursue something greater than what the world says about sex and sexuality. I mean, who is going to students and trying to engage them in what the Bible says about their sexuality and and showing them the, the wholeness that Jesus offers? We're in a time where people will validate anything they want and and here's the thing that the world speaks pretty loudly about this so if who is in us Jesus in us is greater than who is in the world we have something greater than what the world has and the world speaks loudly about this the world speaks really loudly about what your sexuality is and uh, through mainstream media. And the world speaks pretty loudly uh, about what a uh, sexual relationship looks like through, let's say, pornography. The world speaks pretty loudly about relationships and this whole sexual integrity and your sexuality through social media, through current culture, all of these things. But we have something greater than what the world has this wholeness that's offered through Jesus and the hope that's found in him. That's why we do this because there's this God-given passion that's inside that says, even though the itching ears will want to go over here and say that this is what sexuality is about and that it's not relative to what the Bible says and even though the Bible says some of these things, it doesn't mean everything. But over here, this God-given passion that says teach Sound doctrine, go do those things. Keep fighting for it. What is it for you? What is it that God's put in your heart, those passions that you need to be fighting for? I can think of a few. How about your kids? Your kids are worth it. The local church is worth it. What is it for you that's worth fighting for? Because whatever that is, we need that. The world needs it. The world needs something greater than what they hear right now. We're in a time where people want to hear the things that validate their own ideas. And if you're tired and, and you've kind of stepped out and you kind of feel like you've maybe given up and these, these goals that you had maybe at one point and where God had put a fire inside you and you kind of feel tired and you kind of just feel broken and you want to give up, I think Paul has some really clear words for you as well too. One, fulfill your ministry like he told Timothy. Keep fighting for it. But he also says, unless you're dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, you're not done. Paul continues on and and now we hear him tell Timothy that, you know, his time is up. That he's about to die. And and somehow he knew that, that he was gonna die this time. At other points he was in jail and beaten and all this stuff. He you know, a miracle took place. And but this time he knew he was gonna die. And we see this wonderful picture where Paul says, live like I did. You know, we remember Scott's message last week where he talked, where he reminded Timothy about, remember how you followed me in these areas. You know, and here we see him kind of have a similar tone of like, live like I did. Remember how I told you about fighting that good fight of faith. You know, just keep at it. And so this is what he says here as we could read on. He says, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, which is an Old Testament term or Old Testament uh, uh, idea where you would pour out uh, water around an offering and you'd sacrifice. Essentially, he's saying like, my life has been like a sacrifice. I'm, being, I'm a sacrifice right now. And the time of my departure has come. He's about to be killed and he does get killed. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Paul knew these things. He knew that his life was not just about him. That it was really about God's mission. He tells Timothy his life was this sacrifice. Essentially his whole life was a sacrifice for the cause of Christ. For the work that he had. Those, that goal, that clear picture in mind that he had pinned up. He knew what he was going after and that's what it was. He said, I fought The fight. I finished the fight. I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I fought the fight all the way until the end. You know, I've been a youth pastor now, going on eight years, and and each year that I get a little bit older, each year I feel like I get a little bit more out of touch where students are at. You know, there's been so many times where I just feel like I don't relate to anymore. I'm not cool enough anymore. Um, you know, I don't really have the things to offer, I don't understand the current things that they're going through as much as I did when I was 19, when I was just out of high school, and there's been so many times where I just feel like I'm just kind of out of touch. So since I'm just kind of out of touch with what's going on a little bit, well maybe I just need to like be done and, and just kind of give up. Those thoughts crossed my mind many times but it's when I I open the word and I understand what God is is saying and and even in here when we see what Paul is saying where he goes, Nate, if you're not dead, you're not done. You you might not know everything about, you know, all the current stuff anymore, but if you're not dead, Nate, you're not done. You still have things to offer. You can still relate. You can still pour in. And I'm reminded that, that, you know, all the decisions I make in my life, they're not just about me. They're about God. God's mission and other people. Maybe you feel like that on a different level where yeah, you used to serve in the church or used to serve in kids ministry, youth ministry or out here in the community and, or whatever it may be and, and now you're just older and you, or maybe you're retired and you just feel like I'm out of touch, I've put my time in, I've done that. I wanna tell you that if you are not dead, you are not done. God still wants to use you. God still has a plan for you. Your life is not your own all of a sudden when you retire. Your life is not your own all of a sudden when you become a newly married person. Your life is not your own. Your life is a sacrifice. And if you're not dead, you're not done. Let Let me ask you this question for the people who are older than me in the room right now, okay? So I'm 28, so if you're older than that, this is for you, okay? If you've quit and you've given up, and you wonder why, why are young people like this, or, you know, why, why did these young, young people do this, or why aren't there more young people doing X, Y, Z, you know, whatever it is, if you've quit, why should we start? If you've quit and given up, and you're not serving anymore, you're not fulfilling God's mission, why should we start if you've quit? Why should we? If the, we look down the road and we see our parents, our grandparents, you know, friends, you know, whatever it is, and we look down the road and we see, that's what it leads to? It leads to people who are tired and doing God's work. It leads to people who their flame has fizzled out and you're telling me that I need to get back up on the horse and take charge? No, if you're not dead, you are not done. Show us how to finish the fight. Bring us with you. Give us a reason and and, and help cultivate our own passion as young people in the church. Show us what it means not only to to do the work of the ministry, but to finish well. The good news is, is that we're part of a church here who believes in multi-generational ministry. We don't believe that just the... the, the, uh, uh, Older generations just runs the church, and we don't we don't believe that you know it's just all about the young people. We believe in multi generational ministry, that it, whether you're a, a one year old or a ninety nine year old, you know that that is what we are all about. And for me, I've had so many different kinds of people pour. I've had young people pour into me, middle-aged people pour into me, and older people pour, pour into me as well. And it really has defined me of who I am today. That I, I can't tell you the, the investment and the sacrifice that my parents put into my life all the times that they stuck with me when I was a knucklehead, when they stuck with me through my adolescence and my childhood and into my young adult years, that they invested, they constantly poured in, constantly tried to cultivate a passion for God. And I I can't thank them enough for that. But they're not the only ones who have invested in me. My youth pastor invested in me. You know, he was at the time he was about twenty-five. His name was Nick. He would come out to to Mount Spokane and do a Bible study with me and some me and some of my friends. He really invested in me, and I, I can't thank him enough for helping you know me along in that journey as well. Um, I there was a retired pa- uh, pastor. Um, uh, who stepped down from leading a church, but still really gave his life to uh, ministry and to church. And he would take me out. His name was Jack Higgins. Before he passed, he would take me out and he'd take me and play golf with me. It was wonderful. And he would just pour into me and invest into me and, and help uh, me understand what a, a being a pastor is like. And I really value those conversations we had and the wonderful golf tips he gave me but I mean, here was an older person who really poured into me and I really, really value that. My band director at Mount Spokane, Mr. Jones, man, the times that he just put up with me and like just stuck with me, I was probably one of the hardest students he has had in a while. And where he showed me that you can have excellence in what you do and, and don't uh, you know let your, your music just take a back seat but like, really press into it and be excellent at what you do. I mean, that, that's something that's gone through my life all the way where I am now, that I don't play music as much as I once did, but the, still the value of excellence remains in my life. I have a small group of, of high school sophomores right now Jake, Reed, Joel, Noah, Alec, Ray, Lucas, these guys uh, who come around and and I love it that I get to pour into them, but there's been multiple times they come around and they pray for me, ask me how I'm doing. I mean, that's amazing that that it's not just about the older people, but it's about the younger people too, that I wouldn't be the pastor I am today if the younger people wouldn't pour into me. I'm not the pastor I am today without the older people pastoring uh, uh, in my life, helping me. If you're not dead, you're not done. And the good news is you're a part of a church who believes in multi-generational ministry. Keep fighting and finish well. There's something just about steadiness, not giving up, not giving in, not quitting, that Paul tells Timothy to endure the suffering. Don't quit. Don't give up. Because ultimately, Paul knew that it's not about the now. Ultimately, he knew that it's about the end. And Paul says this to Timothy, as we kind of conclude, he says, henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, not only but to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Paul sees something greater than what's happening right now in his life. He sees something more valuable than what the world and what the little goals and the little things that we get caught up in that that happens right now. Because in light of eternity, he understands that there's something bigger at stake. Paul sees something that there's something worth fighting for that you don't just quit on. You don't just give up. That in the end, God will still judge each and every single person. Now, and if you've said yes to Jesus and you've accepted him in your heart, you will be in heaven for eternity. But God's still gonna judge you on, did you steward the mission that he's given you well? And on that day, you will still, you will be able to stand before God and you will be able to say, like Paul said, where he goes, you know, he told Timothy, fight the good fight. And at the end of his life, he said, you know what, I did fight the fight. I fought the good fight and I did it. And I bet Paul was happy in this time. I bet he was ready to die and he was probably excited to because he knew that he fought the fight. He knew he finished the race, that I did what I needed to do. And that on that day when God judges me, there's gonna be a reward waiting for me for eternity. That he just understood that there's something greater at stake than just the, the years that we go through in life that there's a whole eternity ahead of us, that there's gonna be a reward for some people who actually say yes to what he has for you in your life. He understood that this goal in life was bigger than just the little things that we get caught up in, but this goal in life was in light of eternity, that there's gonna be a reward, that it's really not about the now, it's about the end. So question again, what is your goal in life? What is your goal in life? Is it to become rich? Make a lot of money? Is it to get married? Is it to find happiness? What is your goal in life? If your goal in life does not have the end in mind, then are you really pursuing God's and who he is or are you pursuing your own passions, your own itching ears? where really it's like, over here, this just seems like life would be easier. Over here, it just seems like I could be a little bit more comfortable. Over here, it just seems like um, life would just flow more easily for me. I wouldn't have the problems that, you know, over here would have. You know, that stuff over there, it's not very popular. You know, when we talk about the Bible, you know, those things about sexuality and stuff, it's not very popular. If your goal in life doesn't have the end in mind, what passions are you pursuing? And as we look back over this series, we see these themes just rise up out of these four chapters in 2 Timothy that lead to accomplishing this goal with the end in mind, that lead to finishing the fight strong, that Paul starts in 1 Timothy by saying, fight the good fight of faith. And we end with, I fought the good fight of faith. And there's a reward for me that's out there. As we look back at this, we see that these themes lead to finishing this fight strong that that passion that God put inside you, that, that flame, that that would be fan into flame and that there would be, there'd be this passion that keeps you on course, that keeps you focused and pursuing what God wants us to do, that, to be obedient to him, to, to bring other people along with us, to raise up new leaders, to involve the church in God's mission. And to, to remember that, that we're in this fight and that, that there's this enemy that, that comes against us and there's a target on our, pa- on our back and we don't have to be uh, stricken and fallen down because we forgot that. That, we, that. that there's this passion that wells up inside of us and, and that we're fighting this good fight and we're bringing others with us and we're discipling people and that we're following good leadership and then we're then bringing other people that would follow that good leadership. And it leads us to finishing strong. That there's this reward at the end. And if you've fallen down and you've quit, whether you're young or old, I wanna encourage you, you can start today. That at the end of your life, whether that's on your way home today or if that's near or far away, that you can finish your life and you can say, I fought." The good fight. I did it. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. Let that passion burn. Have that, uh, that goal with the end in mind. And if you've been down, I want to encourage you to get back up. You're part of a church who deeply cares about young and old and all in between and that God can still use you today. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. God, we thank you for these words that we've heard. God, and we pray that we would be inspired today to say yes to you. That we'd be inspired today to say yes to continue to fight that good fight. God, we'd be inspired to say Yes, to those areas that maybe we feel knocked down on that we would get back up. But we'd be inspired to finish strong. And we just love you, God, and we thank you for that. We pray this in your name, amen, amen. Hey, I wanna encourage you, if you are new here or newer, uh, Pastor Scott is gonna be right under this monitor. He'd love to meet you, talk to you about maybe how you could be involved in, in who we are as a church and what you can do. Uh, I love you guys and care for you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.